Welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. Let me introduce the crew. Guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, and I say guys because we just lost uh, Sergeant Jamie Borden. I'm sure he's going to be logging back in, but uh, we do have Sergeant Jamie Borden with Critical Incident Review. We also have recently retired Lieutenant Jessica Taylor from the Seattle Police Department. Been all over the news, Fox, Newsmax, everything. So uh, thanks for uh, uh, breaking out of your busy schedule with all the national news media that do our, our little show, Jessica. So appreciate you being here. Uh, also, a shout out uh, to our sponsor. Oh, stop it. <laughs> we have Motion DSP, Gauls, GlobalOrdinance.com, GunLearn.com, on Medicare.live, and we're fueled by Bang Energy. Matter of fact, I'm drinking... Uh, today I'm drinking, what is it, the uh, the sweet iced tea. Yes, they have sweet iced tea from Bank. So thanks for the fuel and giving me the ability to talk so fast. So also, uh, let's see, we have, uh, I take globalordinance.com, gunlearn.com, on medicare.live and Bang Energy. Uh, thanks to Brian Burns for the free press, tampafp.com for carrying our content. And Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media, redvoicemedia.com. You know, we're streaming to eight locations right now, in addition to the seven radio stations that we're going out live over right now. But eight of, or I guess three of those eight locations that we're streaming to belong to Red Voice Media. They're on Facebook, and those three Facebook pages alone have about a million followers. So, yeah, we're not missing YouTube too much. If you want to find out how to watch our live show, simply go to leoroundtable.com and go to the syndication section. It'll tell you all the sources we're at live. Yes, we're streaming to eight locations. We're on uh, seven radio stations live right now. And, you know, we are nationally syndicated on 39 radio stations, so the rest of those stations get the uh, show delayed, but we're still on them. So, uh, thanks for being on the show, Jessica. Hopefully, we'll be joined by uh, Jamie shortly uh, when he gets that uh, Macintosh issue figured out. I know, I know. So, look, first, let's go and start off with uh, a story that's going to be uh, near and dear uh, to Jessica's heart. I'm going to make you feel right at home, Jessica, because on lawofficer.com, Seattle begins hiring unarmed alternate response teams to handle certain 911 calls related to mental health. Now, does this sound like a disaster waiting to happen or what? So it goes on to say that emergency 911 calls related to mental health issues in Seattle will soon be handled by unarmed crisis responders instead of police officers as a result of a new alternate response team being spearheaded by Democrat Councilwoman Lisa Hibold. Um, so Herbold. What is it? How's it? How do you pronounce it? Herbold. Herbold. They left out the R? Yeah, it's Herbold. Ah, they prom- missed- yeah. A misspelling. I kind of like calling her like Hebold, but you know, okay, we'll go with her. Whatever. She's on her way out, so it doesn't matter. She's on her way out. So, uh, Mm -hmm. so she announced uh, the city is beginning to hire six positions for the new pilot program in order to provide unarmed crisis responders to handle certain emergency calls related to mental health. Now, this was on Fox News Digital. Now, the uh, police department will be aware of the uh, dispatch. They may attend, they may stage nearby, or they may just have situational awareness, but each call is going to be different, but it's really exciting. This is what the article says. It's really exciting that we're finally up and running with hiring the folks who will be doing this really important work that we've been working on since, I think, August of 2020. And uh, I think they're calling the name of the new venture. It's called the Sacrificial Lamb Project. Uh, that's a little joke there, Jessica. I just came up with that. So I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to like, you know, add a little bit. I forgot to bit. unmute my mic. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's other programs in this state where the MHPs, mental health professionals, are embedded with the police officers. And actually there was, at the time when I was still there, there were a couple in the crisis intervention unit that were embedded 
with the officers too. But to send mental health professionals out alone to handle these calls and think that the police are just standing by and in the area is just like craziness. The firefighters are even getting rocks through their windows. So the firefighters are getting assaulted. So what makes you think that mental health professionals aren't going to get assaulted? That's crazy. Yeah, it's not if. It's going to No, happen, it's not right? if. It's yeah. not if, and it's very, very reckless. Yeah. Very reckless. So who's going to be volunteering for these jobs? Or are they, are they going to be appointed by some source? I'm just kind of wondering, who, go, who goes into this? Or is it people that just, I get, they, they can't qualify to be the cops, you think, and they're going to, but they want to do it so bad that they're going to, quali- that they're going to want to do this or, or what? You know, I don't know. I think Seattle is waking up to the issues of what's going really going on in especially downtown Seattle. Oh, really? Um, so you're, you're going to be moving back there sometime soon then, huh? Uh, negative. No, <laughs> that's a big fat negative. <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't resist. I know. I know. I know. So I don't know who they're going to get to do it, to be honest with you. Um, I, my guess is nobody. Maybe one or two, but just a couple years ago, there was one um, that was murdered in her office in Seattle. Well, and she was in her office. So, what makes you think that going down underneath the freeway is such by yourself is such a great idea? You know, uh, we got a lot of streamers on that are commenting on the on the show right now. So, look, I tell you what, Jessica and I, Jessica and I, will get together in case George Ishak or Tommy Upton or. even this is butter is on here. Uh, if you guys want to call, if you guys need a, a, I guess a reference letter, a recommendation for these jobs that are opening up in Seattle, hey, just get a hold of us. Jessica and I will will hook you guys up. We'll write a little recommendation letter. Well, for I won't because they won't take any recommendation from me. So, well, better yet, maybe hey, Chip just, they'll come. To you. <laughs> so yeah, you yeah. So if I apply, I'll definitely want Jessica to give me that endorsement. You know, so I don't get the job. So yeah, be, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah, so that's a dumpster fire. That's just going to make Seattle the grand dumpster fire, like an epic dumpster fire. So, so for people that you know, this is Jessica's second, second show with us, uh, actually, and, and this week as well. So she was on uh, Tuesday, the day before you know the storm. So yeah, we uh, we did not do a live show yesterday, Wednesday, because of the uh, the hurricane. But everything worked out. Yeah, were you going to say something? Yeah. So yeah, that day was my first day. So I was a little bit hesitant to really just say what I thought. So can we back up to one story just real quick? Why? You know, why not? Okay. Go ahead. So the, um, because I'm from Seattle and Seattle's all I know. And I'm a moderate. I'm not left and I'm not right. I really try to play it right down the middle, right? And I have different training than a lot of people, not better, not worse, just different. And I see things different. And that one on the tribal land, I would not have have handled it that way. Yeah, tell our audience, uh, remind them what happened on the, well, that was, that was the. uh, Well, you tell them because I think you've watched it a couple more times than I have. So, so the tribal land, well, it's, it, you know, it's still, we still have new media coming out. I mean, new video coming out on the tribal land, but that was where you've got the, uh, the tree huggers are, um, on actually on tribal land and they're protesting and blocking, which has different rules for, and for, laws. A, 
for a uh, for a summit that's happening, and so it had been backed up. This two lane road, it looked like a two lane road. It may, it may have been four lane, but I'll tell you, it was it was backed up in the desert for miles. And then the tribal police showed up, and uh, they weren't they were in marked uh, marked cruisers, but not all in in, uh, in uniform. And they just mowed through these barricades, and they grabbed the protesters and they drug them away at gunpoint. And uh, and people were screaming. They know what happened, but it was it was kind of you know. For me, it was refreshing to see someone get out there. And well, like, I, uh, like you know, guys and take names they, on people that deserved it, but they were trying right. to stop them from getting to Burning Man. And yes, it was a two-lane yes. road, and the th the thing that was in the middle of the road was a basically a tow behind trailer that you would use to like haul a vehicle or whatever. That's what was blocking the roadway, and there were people that were actually handcuffed to that. Right. So they call that the, what they call that is a sleeping dragon. They put their hands through PVC tubing. Right and you know chain themselves together inside the tubing and it happens all the time in seattle all the time in front of banks and middle of the street up in trees everywhere so so you agree with that or you don't agree with how they i don't that? you don't okay i don't but do you think the people will do that again the, the protesters um yeah you do okay mm -hmm. i do i i think you're going to burning man you're parking in the dirt anyway just drive around them well, I, I couldn't believe, and maybe they just weren't in like four wheel drives or whatever. But it's just the desert, so I just it's the desert. I I mean, yeah. I mean, you're you're planning on driving your car out into the dirt for Burning Man, drive around them. So and there's a cart team, um, or an art team, is what we would call it, and they just come and cut the protesters apart and haul them off. But that we isn't the lot, way I would handle it. We got a lot of guys weighing in. Apparently, uh, some we've got a lot of. I think most of the comments that I'm seeing are in support of uh, of what happened. Doesn't mean it's right or yeah, right. Yeah, no, right I, I, I get that. Right, I'm from Seattle, so yeah. I see it just different. That's so, all. So, anyhow, that said, well, thanks for weighing in on that. That yeah. is that is a story that's still in the news as well. So, look, um, I'm gonna hopefully Jamie will be able to come back. There must be some kind of computer issue going on, but um, hopefully he'll be able to join back with us. So I'm gonna hold you know, one article in the hopes that he'll be able to make it back before we cover it. Um, but um, let's go ahead and, uh, and start off with our first story that's got a video um, component. And it's at rumble.com. It's our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter. This Is Butter is actually on the stream conversing with us right now. It's titled LAPD release a video showing an officer fatally shooting a stabbing suspect near Denny's parking lot and uh, Reseda, R-E-S-E-D-A. Make it a backup. Drop the knife. Drop it. 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 So on July the 25th, around 11.09 in the morning, LAPD officers, they get a call of an assault with a deadly weapon. So when they get there, the officers see a suspect. His name is Mavic uh, Areola on top of a victim, and he's holding a knife. Now, guys, listen to how this goes down. It's, 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 
it's watching it as from a law enforcement perspective. It's it, it's I'm jumping out of my skin. So oh, and then and then producer Jimmy starts the music, so I can't even get going. Of course. Um, but guys, this is uh, this is one of those situations to where you question uh, not if they should have used deadly force, but when they actually ended up using it, should they have used it sooner or not? So just hold that thought. I'll get into the story in just one second. It's time for a first commercial break. We will be right back. All right, guys, you know, Motion DSP, they've been supporting the law encroachment profession for over 15 years for the robust speed of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. The Motion DSP software, it's easy to use. It requires no specialized training or expertise, and you can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automating tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters to achieve results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight is supposed specifically for redaction. It's designed to work with video from any camera source, and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, and it saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame redaction and forensic enhancement software that allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using path and super resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get forensically valid evidence from just low-quality video in minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products by simply going to motiondsp.com. If you haven't been there, do it today, motiondsp.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, uh, uh, apparently, there's a power outage in the Las Vegas area where Sergeant Jamie's at. So as soon as they get power back up out there, he'll be back with us. I know, I know. But hey, uh, so this story, LAPD released a video showing an officer fatally shooting a stabbing suspect in a Denny's parking lot. Um, you know, it's at Rumble. This is Butters, the name of the channel. Um, great channel. So on July the 25th, 2023, 11 o'clock in the morning, officers get a call of an assault with a deadly weapon. Now, when they get there, the officers see the suspect, uh, Mevic. Areola on top of a victim and he's holding a knife. So the officers attempt verbal compliance and they order the suspect to drop the knife. Now, while the officers are doing this, they have in their possession, I'm talking about the officers, they have lethal and less than lethal. Okay. So they've got, I think the less lethal, I think it was a, a shotgun shooting and beanbags or whatever, but they've got, or, or maybe a foam round, but they definitely had lethal out. Uh, you know, yeah, firearms. I think it was blue nose or it looked like a blue nose to me, but I could the be less wrong. lethal or less yeah. than lethal. Yeah. So, so they attempted verbal compliance first, and, uh, and remember, we're talking about LAPDs. We're out in California. They order the suspect to drop the knife, but the suspect fails to comply with the officer's commands. The victim is clearly, clearly bleeding heavily at this point. You can see it in the video. The officers deploy, oh, here it goes, 40-millimeter less lethal round. So it was 40, the 40-millimeter 40 round. It did not stop the suspect's action. So the suspect began stabbing the victim again. And now an officer involved shooting happens. The suspect was struck by gunfire and he collapses. Um, suspect ends up dying. The victim was transported to a local hospital and thank God is listed in a stable condition. Um, wow. The victim suffered serious injuries from the knife attack. The knife, knife broke off inside the victim's head and was lodged in the head, requiring removal by surgery. So, yeah, we're talking about, we're talking about some serious stuff, guys. Um, so... Um, so the clear look, the, you know, if you're someone like Jessica or myself watching this and you've been through the profession for, you know, around 30 years or so, you know, you, you, you question, you've been not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's obvious when you're roll, when you roll up on a scene like that, you got a knife, you got a guy with a knife. On you've top got of a, a lethal victim. force situation right there. You've got a lethal force situation from the get go yeah. and you've got a victim heavily bleeding. 
So every decision you make seconds in this situation, seconds, seconds count. Yeah. count. Yeah. So Jessica, take it away. <laughs> well, you know, when I first started watching the video, it starts out in the convenience store. Is that what it was? It was, yeah, the park. Well, yeah, the parking lot. Yeah, and then park. it rolls outside. Anyway. And then I couldn't really tell because there was some kind of reflection or something. But from what I could tell was just getting it handed to him with a box cutter or a knife of some sort. And he's just bleeding. And this suspect is just bent on stabbing this guy. And so um, the officers roll up. And I see it as a lethal force situation immediately. Um, the problem with it was that they were smashed together, right? Weren't they? Like, well, the, 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 the bad guy was on top. The, the, yeah. the victim was, was not prone down, but the victim was on his back on the ground and the, and the, our bad guy was over him. Now look, yeah. they were, he was, he was laying, I guess from the, from the feet all the way up to the waist, he was laying on him, but he was elevated from like the waist up. You know, um, you know, high enough to where he can deliver deliver more stabs. Of course, he had already been stabbing him, but yeah. So this is another one of those where I believe it's completely a justified shooting. Of course, um, however, there are some tactics that um, you know we could all learn from. I'm not saying that that I know any better than anybody else, but the way I would have handled it would have been a contact shot. Now. The, remember, the use of force has changed a little bit in California. This was LAPD. So they've gone from reasonable to necessity. So whatever whatever is necessary. Now, some people, you can get arguments back and forth about how much that really changes it. But there is a, a general feeling by law enforcement in the state of California that they have to go through these less. We don't call well, it. Well, and that's the way it is. That's the way it is in Seattle, too, because it's the ninth circuit. So is Seattle, is, is Seattle liberal? Oh, <laughs> gee, wouldn't I imagine that? But uh, but look, I mean, look here, look, I look, I'm in Florida. Let me tell you, <laughs> if if a cop would not have taken, look, you give the guy, you, you may, you maybe, maybe, and I say maybe, nothing, nothing in statute says you have to warn a bad guy before you pull the trigger. It depends on what they're doing. Yeah, it, it completely depends on the situation, and that this was not one of those situations. You need you to take action, guy, like now. You give now. the guy one command, he doesn't comply, you put a bullet in his head or put a bullet wherever to stop, stop but you, you end it. Now, I don't see it just the justified shoot. I see it as a, as a necessity, um, and I know I'm doing a play on words here, but let me tell you, that officer that's representing the department and the people in that community, if I would, I, I, that family, you know, that, well, I guess the victim survived in this case, but that victim, he has got a, a, a beautiful lawsuit you know, because you know, taking stabs because the officer did not neutralize the threat when he had the opportunity to. And you got some guy over you with a knife. Like, come on, guys, I'm bleeding out. He's lucky the guy didn't bleed out. I mean, at that point, even, oh. killing, the, even killing the bad guy at that point, we still could have lost the victim from bleeding out from, from the injury. So, Well, didn't he, he get stabbed in the head sometime between drop the knife and the shot? So it does. Well, he got stabbed in the head and the blade and the blade broke off. It doesn't say at what time you would mm. you would. You would it would mm. make sense that it wouldn't matter. It doesn't really matter. It, it doesn't. But he, he like I mean he very easily could have got the last stab could have been to the head where it broke off because you know if the bad guy otherwise the bad guy would be stabbing him without with only half a blade. But he could he he could be that would still be lethal as well. So it's just a just a bad situation. Yeah, it, it, 
Maybe give yeah. one warning, put the bullet in the bad guy. So, yeah, I, I hate to see stuff like that. It's frustrating. Yeah, in Seattle now, all the police officers, for the most part, have shields in their cars so they can run up on the suspect, protect themselves, and do a contact shot if they need to. Crazy. Well, look, guys, it's time for our second commercial break, but we will be right back. Now you guys know about the new Galls at galls.com slash Leah. So Galls is the country's leading uniform clothing equipment and gear provider for law enforcement. They have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flash, flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. And as our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So if you haven't been to the new Galls yet, go to galls.com slash Leo. Um, you'll be impressed with what you with what you see. And I say the new Galls. I mean, back in, in, in my day, and, uh, and Jessica was active when they still had those uh, galls, you know, those huge catalogs. Well, they've got so much stuff now. They can't fit it in the catalog and get it to you through the mail. So it's all online, which is even better. And their customer service is, is second to none. And their uniform program, even my former agency, the Tampa Police Department, we went through a couple agencies that just, uh, that just did uniform places that just did a horrible job. Galls.com is killing it. They've got a, 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 uh, an office in the second floor lobby. So Galls.com slash Leo check it out guys now that brings us to our latest sponsor global ordinance at globalordinance.com get ready for a coupon code and they are your ultimate destination for ammo so globalordinance.com provides high quality ammunition for all of your shooting needs ensuring precision reliability and unmatched performance so for a limited time they're offering free shipping on all ammo orders over 200 dollars with their exclusive coupon code which just happens to be Leo Roundtable. So go to globalordinance.com today, explore their wide selection of ammo, use coupon code Leo Roundtable for free shipping on your order. That's globalordinance.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, still live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Um, Jessica, the floor is yours. Well, are we going to talk about the um, incident with the blowing the fingers off? We... Uh, or do you want to wait for Jamie for that one? Well, uh, let's see. Our, the next one I have coming up, it's the Chicago officer shoots the cop in the hand. So I think we are talking about that next. But, hey, before we go there, before we go, yeah. that is our next story. I just got reminded by This Is Butter, and I think maybe George Ishak said it too. I had told our guys that we were going to do a Gulls gift card giveaway today. So, look, only if you have not won this month, and this is the month of August, so we haven't started September yet. So um, if you have not won, if you type in the word Galls, that's G-A-L-L-S, we will do a Galls $50 gift card giveaway today. I'm sorry I didn't mention it earlier, but yeah, we'll do it. So towards the end of the show, maybe only maybe in the next 15 minutes or so, we'll probably do it. So you have to type in Galls. Um, don't type in duplicates. The software will automatically you know, um, cut that out. And uh, But we're going to do that $50 Galls gift card giveaway. So remember, you have not won yet this month. Uh, but uh, go ahead. Everybody is eligible, including this is butter. So that said, yes, Jessica, you're right. We're going to be talking about it. So let's go to the Rumble. Um, now, this particular story, um, it's on, uh, I'm showing police activity. It's it, it may be on this is butter as well. This is butter might have it, but um, this is butter usually is the first one that has all these stories out. I go That's there where I, it seems to be. That's where I'm watching most of them. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. They've got, they come out first on This Is Butter before everybody. So this one is titled Chicago Officer Shoots a Fellow Cop in the Hand While Firing at a Fleeing Car in uh, Englewood. Get out the fucking car! Get out the fucking car, motherfucker! Get out the fucking car! Get out the fucking car! Get out the fucking car! Watch the crossfire! Shots fired at the police! Shots fired by the police! With the six and shield! Stop back! 
And it's in Chicago, really. The Chicago Police Department receives a complaint for a trespassing incident. Uh, but just before the cop fires and, and blows blows the hand off the other officer, he says, hey, watch the crossfire. And then, boom. So uh, Chicago police officers. Well, let me just start by saying it's a, there's a video component to this. So if you're, if you're listening to the show audibly, podcast, radio. We'll you can't even do it justice without well, watching the don't video. Don't say that because, you know, we got, we're loyal to our radio stations. But we'll describe in great detail what's going on so you don't feel like you're missing <laughs> on anything. If you do want to see the video, look, you, you have to, Leo, to see the video. LeoRoundtable.com. Go to the syndication section. That's how they watch the live show. But after the live show is done. So Monday through Friday, 12 o'clock uh, p.m. On Eastern time is when we do the live show for one hour. But then we take that live show. Producer Will embeds all the videos we talk about, puts pictures of the good guys and the bad guys in it. And he puts those at 9 o'clock the next morning at Rumble.com and a lot of other social media outlets. So uh, we do that Tuesday through Saturday. So, yeah, tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, this story, this show will be out with the video embedded. So, yeah, so Chicago police officers, they're monitoring the area through police observation device, a POD, observe a group of individuals in a cul-de-sac. Several Chicago officers arrive in the area, four unmarked police cars. When they get there, the officers exit the cars. They engage a group of individuals on foot, as well as an individual that gets there in a black sedan. So while they're on foot, multiple officers attempt to engage the driver of the BMW sedan. Good taste in cars, by the way. As the vehicle attempts to leave the area, it strikes a police car and ultimately flees the scene. During the altercation, two officers discharge the firearms at the moving sedan. Body cam footage shows the officers repeatedly ordering the guy to pull over. He continues to drive as many officers attempt to open the door. So one officer with his gun drawn and aims it at the BMW driver, he yells for his fellow officers to watch for the crossfire before he fires three shots in the direction of the driver. Now, the officer's initial shot appears to have struck another uh, Chicago officer in the left hand who was attempting to open the door of the car at the time. The BMW driver was able to flee. Officers on the scene, they swiftly call um, police emergency report bullets fired. Um, the gunshot seems to strike the wounded officer's middle and ring fingers, according to the video. When he holds his finger, his hands, I'm counting fingers like you do in a newborn baby. I was too. It's crazy. It so was wounded, like it was like this. Yeah, or the something. wounded officer crouches to the ground after being shot. Notice blood gushing from his hand. A tourniquet is administered by other officers. The officer is quickly transported to U Chicago Medicine for, uh, uh, but not before several neighbors begin insulting the officer. The officer who shot his colleague. So he's taken. He's taken incoming fire verbally from the neighbors because he shot his fellow coworker. Wow. Yeah, crowd was starting to form. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I mean, it was a bad. I don't even know what was the initial stop for in the first place. I mean, I don't know. That Do it, we that even it, know? I don't think we know. But well, it, yeah, it doesn't say there were there. These people were congregating, but at least at this point, the guy, the the guy in the black BMW had already rammed the police cruiser. So they definitely had enough to to go after him at that point. But uh, but wow. But it was in this the, the way the tactics and the situation. It was just so unsafe. And then they start chasing the car down the street like they're gonna catch it. Yeah, I, I mean they're running after it on foot like they're like they're gonna catch it. And then the other guy is like 
hey, my partner's been shot. So then they all turn around and come back. It was just crazy. So, I, so when I watch these things, I and look, I, I know this is Jamie. I, I wish Jamie was here, and I know he's trying. Yeah. I, know he's, I know he's going crazy right now because he's frantically trying to get back right. on the show because he wanted to talk about this. Yeah. So when I watch these things, there's a there's a newer term out called officer created jeopardy, right? So I I, I try yeah. to be cognizant of, of that being out there. You know, so I'm watching for guys. You got a lot of cops in a, in, a, in a. It's not really a small area, but they're concentrated in, in a small area, right? Yeah. So and you got guns drawn. So yeah. when I talk about officer created jeopardy. I'm, I'm concerned about officers, you know, when you got a car that's ramming, trying to get away, I want to make sure that my guys that are pulling the trigger are not stepping in front of the car when they can actually get out of the way of the driver. Cause you don't want to create a situation right. where you're actually using time distance shielding. Yes. Yeah. You, you don't want to use deadly force because you created the situation to use deadly force in. Right. So I, although I, I didn't see that, but yeah, the guys, they were, they were very close to the guy with the gun that decided to shoot and watch for the crossfire. The guy right in front of him stuck his hand out, his left hand out. And you see it coming, and 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 like Jamie always says, you know, being a cop, you're so focused on what's going on. I'm sure, sure the guy in front of him had no idea that there was that this cop was going to be, you know, pulling the trigger or else, you know. But he, he was reaching out. They said that to open up the door. I don't know that I really thought that he was trying to reach. The I door. don't. I didn't see that. Door. I mean, I didn't watch the video more than once. I did, was, you know, back up a little, like three or four times over the finger thing. Cause I was just like, Oh my God. Hey, I'll go. Oh, what two? And then I go back. Yeah. Yeah. How many fingers, like which fingers he missing? Cause it, there's so much blood. You're, you're thinking, okay, did he, was it the, did he blow the top off of the ring finger? The middle I mean, guys. Well, and at first you don't know crazy. where it came from, or at least I did. And, and then, yeah. um, it wasn't until later in the video that you figured out the other officer shot him. Yeah, it's just kind of it's kind of crazy. So yeah, it's 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 pretty much even though we're describing in great detail for our radio audience and podcasters, it's pretty much a, a must see. So you're definitely going to uh, yeah, see yeah, it's this. A definitely a must see, and it's definitely yeah. a good training video for sure. Now for all the radio stations, for the 36 radio stations that occur in our show, um, we send out a packet, you know, every week with links to all the programming, all the videos, and all that stuff. So if they're not using that. You may want to remind them that we send that out every week. I do it every Monday on the prior week stuff so that they can put it on their website. So we do offer that for the radio station. So, uh, look, uh, that story said, and wow, that was just that was just a doozy. So, I mean, how, it was how you- a doozy. And I, I really feel for that officer that got his fingers blown off. One thing I mean, before you go, did they find the fingers and or, or I, were there any fingers left to find? Did I was find- looking for fingers. You know, it did. Look, I, I don't think that they. I, and, and looking from what I look, there's, when there's a lot of blood, it's kind of hard, you know, until you get things cleaned up, it's kind of hard. To I was looking things. to see if they picked up I, any fingers. <laughs> I think, I think that they were, I think that they were, uh, for best I could tell, I suspect that they were still a, a, attached. But, no, uh, I don't think, think so. That, think it was blown? Really? Okay. Was, I don't it, know. It I didn't really see anything hanging off. I, th- I think they were just blown off. So, uh, you know, they could have been, but I don't know. George Ishak saying poor situational awareness. Oh, oh, this is butter. Um, says it was a traffic stop for trespassing. All right, oh. trespassing. I know. We're, we're, we're hoping that it was something bigger, bigger and badder than that. Um, Dustin Mills says that man assassinated his own character. <laughs> wow. And uh, and how many years that officer said? Yeah, we got a lot of comments. The motor cop who always has great stuff says to get shot by your own partner, I would be madder than hell, is what he says. So, uh, oh, okay. that that is an understatement. But this is butter definitely has the video because uh, he's saying right right here on the stream that he has it. So go yeah. to uh, rumble.com. The channel is this is butter. T- 
to watch this. And I'll make sure that we have that link under the video when we uh, produce this thing out next morning, you know, tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. So. And listen, I mean, we all want to get better, right? I mean, we all want to yeah. learn from these experiences and make police work better and safer for everybody. Um, no, not, not really. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I know, I know. I know there, you're joking. But I mean, there is definitely right? a lot of things to learn from this incident. So we got for an sure. interesting story, and and Jimmy's going to start the music in thirty seconds. But um, and, and then we're gonna we're gonna do our, our contest coming up too. If you haven't typed in goals yet, please do G A L L S. Type it on the stream for the live show. But um, police one New Jersey officer to be reinstated after being fired for using cannabis. Yeah, so New Jersey City in New Jersey. Um, so the judge and the Civil Service Commission ruled in favor of a New Jersey or of a, of a Jersey City police officer who was fired after she used cannabis. And that was in the New Jersey monitor. So the city claimed that it could fire officers even if the substance was used legally and while off duty. The judge ruled against that claim, though. So in the judge's verdict, administrative law judge Kimberly Moss highlighted the evident clash between the state legislation and federal law the latter of which maintains that marijuana is an illegally controlled substance. But, of course, a lot of these states have, you know, or cities and municipalities have dummied it down to make it legal. So we're going to get into this in just one second. It'll be our last commercial break. We'll be right back. All right. No matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused to missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, though, they've taken the confusion out of learning. They've actually made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offers a step-by-step -step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett. Now, they provide citations from better law and ATF rulings for every point on to ensure accuracy. And their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar, and you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at GunLearn.com. If you haven't been there, do it today, GunLearn.com. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, MyMedicare.Live. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live in the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida, getting ready to do that Galls gift card giveaway. So if you haven't typed in the word Galls, G-A-L-L-S, uh, G-A-L-L-S, yet, uh, please do it on our stream. Um, so we've been talking about uh, the officer that got off on the smoking marijuana. So the judge's verdict, administrative law judge Kimberly Moss, Kimberly Moss, that name sound familiar, highlighted the evident clash between the state's legislation and federal law dealing with marijuana and talks about um, acts that prohibit employees from terminating employees due to the cannabis usage. But law enforcement tends to be a little bit different. The decision sets a precedent as it appears to be the first ruling after a handful of local leaders came out against letting their officers partake in legal weed. Recreational marijuana use became legal to consume and possess in New Jersey back in 2022. And in uh, 2022, a memo was issued by Attorney General Matt Plakin, or Plakin. It said that officers can use cannabis when they're off duty. Now, Officer uh, Noran Mansour, who's, who we're talking about, um, is the officer affected here, 
In the judge's ruling, she pointed out that the city failed to provide any evidence demonstrating that the officer's off-duty cannabis use had an impact on her job performance while on duty. And Moss suggested, the judge, that the Civil Service Commission reinstate Mansoor recommendation was upheld in the commission's ruling on August the 2nd. The decision also granted our officer retroactive back pay, benefits, and coverage of legal expenses. So, wow. Um, should cops be able to smoke marijuana if it's been legalized in their jurisdiction? Jessica? Well, I can tell you the situation here. Um, uh, marijuana is legal here. You know, there's a pot shop on every corner, just like in Starbucks. Seattle, huh? Yeah. Um, but you still can't smoke it. And we had this exact same situation happen. Oh, not the exact same, but very similar. Officer um, was fired over it. And so not rehired. So, so we had, I know at, at Tampa, when I worked with the union, so we were you know, representing officers to get dropped in the grease. We had a female officer um, that had um, taken um, some drugs that had been prescribed to her, you know, by a doctor. Um, but, and I'm, I don't want to get into, to, to, it, it, it was just, it was for a condition, but anyhow, um, she came in the work and was not, uh, she, they did, they did a fitness for duty because she, she was out of it. You know, it wasn't on, not just on her, a, not just not on her a game, but I believe that she was slurring a little bit, but it was for yeah. medication. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, so then you get the point where, you know, she's not illegally taking medication, but you cannot have an officer, especially someone packing a gun and making life and death situations and use of force and stuff that is under the influence of, you know, of anything. They can't think straight. And so that that's a situation where you get the officer, the fitness for duty, and then you find out what the situation is. Now, she should have never gone into work like that. Uh, so they, 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 they did, they took the steps necessary. And then, of course, a lot of these agencies have situations to where or programs where the officer can enter a program where yeah. they need help if, they, if it's an addiction issue or whatever. As long as they enter the program voluntarily, their jump's protected. We advise in the union all the time, guys, take that and do it. Take if you don't, they're going to fire you. You're not going to get your job back, right? So, Well, so, yeah. and, it, and it happens. I don't want to even say that it happens infrequently because it does happen frequently because officers get hurt a lot. And um, I've been run over, drugged by a car, you know, all these kinds of things. So officers are hurt a lot, and we have had some that have gotten addicted to drugs, that, and now um, they're dead. That stuff that happened to you, was any of that on duty? Oh, yeah. That was all on duty. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Come on. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Come on. We're not talking about domestic stuff here, Jessica. Yeah, no. It was, I'm like, what? Only, only the on-duty stuff. Yeah, we're, no. We're, we're, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just check. So, um... That's a really, you know, wasn't she just taking an exam the next day or something? I'm not, I thought that's what I read. But it is still illegal federally. Um, but they had that memo that said it was okay. So I guess they re, you have to reinstate her and back pay her. But I know that here, even though it's fine for the King County prosecutor to be the first in line at the marijuana shop when it first opened, yeah. it's not okay for the cops to go smoke pot. Not that I do anyways, but I mean, you, you just can't. Yeah. It's kind of hard. You know, it's kind of hard. I have an issue with, well, look, with being a, look, I know there's a new generation out there, right? But, you know. Yeah, we're raised, old. <laughs> raised, well, you know, we're still, we're still relevant, I would argue. Um, but. So anyhow, and our, look, I, 
being a cop for 30 years and enforcing these laws, I cannot turn it off. And I'm not going to go. I, I don't think it's number one. I've got a moral conviction about smoking marijuana, right? Yeah. Number two, being a cop. I don't like the feeling of not being in control of all my faculties, not being on my A game. I simply, I just don't like it. I don't drink to excess. Um, mm -hmm. It's just not the way that guys like us are normally built. I know that some people do go out and they get out of control and stuff, but you know, a lot of us, the way we're built, we just, we like to be in control and we, we need to be clear headed and we always are our heads on the pivot. We always know that we may be able to take that action, yada, yada. So, um, so I, I just, I don't believe in doing it and I simply couldn't do it, you know, personally. But when you have jurisdictions to start making these things illegal, you've opened Pandora's box because you have your officers Pandora's doing it box, unless yeah. it affects their job performance. So, yeah, I, I agree with the judge's ruling in this case, but we got a little less than four minutes. I do want to cover that video that you wanted to cover, the suicidal guy. So Rumble.com, our favorite channel. This is Butter again. Armed suicidal man is fatally shot by Ashland deputies when Larry uh, Dunham fires his weapon at an officer. Touching that firearm, sir. Sir, firearm. drop sir, it. Sir, do not. Drop it. Sir. Drop the firearm. Drop it. Sir, do not point that. Sir, do not. 31 shots fired. And I know what you guys are thinking. Well, he's a suicidal suspect, so why would he be firing his, his gun at an officer, right? According to the Ashland County Sheriff's Office, officers respond to a call for a man with suicidal tendencies on Saturday at 7.56 p.m. in the evening. Upon getting there, a man is located sitting in a lawn chair in the backyard. Officers attempt to talk to the man as they approach him. He throws his cell phone down on the ground, and he confronts the cops with deadly force. Uh, deputies use their service weapons and return fire, striking the man. The male dies due to his injuries. The victim has been identified as a 63-year-old named Larry Dunham, uh, D-U-N-H-A-M. But look in my notes, which show a little bit, show a little bit differently. If you start watching the video, the subject produces a firearm at three minutes and 40 seconds into this is Butter's video. You hear a taser being fired, but it's not the guy wearing the body cam. And then you see our officer wearing the body cam, he cross-draws. He's a right-handed guy. He's got a gun in his right hand, so his holster was arguably on the right side, right? He cross-draws with his left hand, pulls the taser from the same side, the right side, cross-draws it. Now he's got a taser in the left hand. He's got a firearm in the right hand, deploys a taser. A lot of us trainers don't like that because whatever you do with the left hand can be replicated with the right hand at the same time, you, it's, it's, it, especially in a high-stress situation. And then you see... The original guy that fired the taser off camera, he fires it again. The third taser, none of those are really super effective. Bad guy ends up pulling out the gun and he gets shot. So we got two minutes to talk about this. It, it, it's a wild, it's it's really a a wild a wild video to watch, and and it'll be out tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. But uh, but Jessica, what do you think? Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to circle back on this one um, because there's a lot going on here. I think. Um, I know I'm going to get hate for this and I'm really sorry, but you could, I think the officers forced that shooting. The officers what? I think the officers forced that shooting. It just, they need to slow it down, slow it down. He was not presenting the gun to them when they first got there. Um, you could have called out a hostage negotiator, just contain the scene, called out the hostage. What are we going to do? Kill him to save him? Cause that's what happened. 
So, well, here, and look, I, I, I had an opportunity to talk to Jamie before, before we did the show. So, oh, Gauls. Well, I got to do this Gauls contest. I got a minute left. I got to do this Gauls contest. So, look, we, will, we may have to pick this up later. Yeah, so we're going to have to pick this up because I have a, a list. So uh, whoever whoever wins this contest, you got to remember that you've got to sh- um, to type in your email address so that we can see it, uh, because that will help us out. So I can actually email you uh, the gift card. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, start collecting these comments here. We are going through the list, and uh, for our radio listeners, they're picking up. It's between George, this is butter, Arthur. This is butter. Ah! Oh my gosh, this is butter one. Look at that. So computer does it all. It's not me. So. This is butter. I know I got your email address, you know, somewhere, but if you could just go in and, uh, and post it again, so I have a, a good way to send you the gift card. So congratulations. This is butter. Um, and um, are we uh, are we on the overtime or well, let's see here. Um, I think we're still talking. We got a few more, but 15 seconds, I guess. Right. Before I have to do Randy's uh, commercial. Yep. 12, 11, 10. Till the end of the show or till my commercial. Until your commercials are okay. your, your, uh, windy blue. Well, we will pick that. We may have to pick this up tomorrow, that tail end of this video, but it's a wild video. Watch the show at 9 o'clock in the morning tomorrow, the, the produced version of that, if you guys want to see that video. So, uh, yeah. uh, Jessica, thank you so much for being on the show. And yeah, You've actually been added to the website at leoroundtable.com, and we've got a little link to that 15-page resignation letter that you wrote. So yeah. we, no long, we no longer call it the other word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So, so any, any, any I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to talk about the wounded blue, but anything you want to say real quick before we, uh, no, we, um, it, if anybody's looking for me, you can find me over on Instagram, the dot real dot Lieutenant dot Taylor. That's really the only place I'm at. I'm not on Twitter, and LinkedIn, but you're on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah. So, Hey, yeah. uh, the wounded blue, the wounded blue, wounded blue.org guys, please check that out. Randy Sutton's uh, charity and motion DSP goals, global ordinance.com, gunlearn.com on Medicare.live and bang energy. Thanks for the fuel, uh, TampaFP.com and Ray Dietrich, redvoicemedia.com. Thanks for the support. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week. See you tomorrow.